You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Once again, everybody, as we welcome you into the latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, he was here for only a minute, and now, or soon to be, won't be here anymore. The saga of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia has finally come to a close. Uh, some people are happy about it. A lot of other people are extremely unhappy because of the way the entire situation unfolded and how the Eagles handled it and what they got back in return. Just to, to, to help us put some, some intelligence to this entire situation, I brought in a friend and a colleague. Uh, he has been on our podcast before, and I can't thank him enough. Adam Kaplan is one of the creators and hosts of the Inside the Birds Network, longtime NFL reporter that I have the utmost respect for. You can also hear, hear him on Sirius Radio. Adam, how you doing, my brother? Good to talk to you. And, and by the way, folks, Derek is a part of our family at Inside the Birds. Uh, yes. Love it. Grilling the Birds. Great show. Got great great numbers. Jeff Jeff and I own the company, are Inside the Birds company, and we cannot tell you how proud we are and, and, and really fortunate to have you and Trey Thomas last season. So we hope to have you guys back again yeah. if you're available this yep. fall. We'll see, obviously. Hopefully, hopefully all of your listeners and viewers are healthy. We all are trying to get through this situation, but uh, yeah. So let's get over to Carson Wentz. Yeah, the the uh, I'm, I'm I am thankful. I'm sure, like all Eagle fans have said, yeah, it may not it may not have been it may, may not have gone down like you would hope in terms of compensation. But you know what? It's over. Everybody can learn something through this uh, as fans and the organization. And it didn't end well. Obviously, they never should have traded him. But I understand why it happened. We certainly could get into that if you want. Yeah, Adam. Um, if Howie Roseman had one iota of a notion that he was going to get anything close to what the Rams got for Jared Goff. He found out and was humbled by the fact that he was sadly mistaken 
because basically there was no market for Carson. Yeah, Derek, see, here, here's, here's where that is. So they're both completely different because you, you had a very unique situation where the Lions to get two first-round picks back, uh, get trading for Matthew Stafford, they had to take on Jared Goff's contract. So there, right there, you eliminate this trade from comparison. Mm-hmm. They're just not the same thing. Now, I don't blame Roseman for reaching for the stars. You, you, as you know, because you and I have negotiated our own contracts before. Sure. You, you can't start low, negotiate up. You start high, negotiate down. That's just the way it is. So, yeah, asking for pie in the sky, good luck, but you're not going to get that. So it slows down, it slows down. Uh, I, I had a team tell me that was in contact with the Eagles that uh, they knew they were not getting a first-round pick for 21. Uh, the Eagles thought they were going to get a first-round pick for 22. Uh, well, technically, I guess they could, depending on what yeah. happens, as we know. Yep. But certain thing, parameters have to be reached. But the fact of the matter is, as you just said, and I agree, they, they just didn't have the market out there. There were, yeah. there were teams interested, Derek. They called them. Howie Roseman called other teams. But, no, you're right. They were not going to get anywhere close to what they wanted. As I looked at all of the comments on social media about this deal, uh, the word fleeced kept coming up time and time again. Do you think the Eagles got fleeced in this deal? No, but here's the thing. Folks, the guy was benched. Carson there Wentz you go. was benched. What, what do you expect? There you go. <laughs> like, I'm kind of laughing. Like, And I, I understand the point because people were saying that. And my, my God, uh, social media went out of its mind after ESPN broke the story. That we, a lot of us who, who cover the team nationally put out a lot of stuff out. And the venom for, for the Eagles and, oh, how could they not get a, fir- a, real, a true first-round pick or get yep. a first-round pick for the season? Folks, he was benched. Get it through your minds. Of course, the fact that he even got something that could be a first-round pick is actually not too bad. Come on. Mm. You know, um, would you have traded him or would you have made him play out 2021 considering this historical cap hit you're going to take as an organization anyway? In our reporting that Jeff Motion and I did, Derek, I could tell you a month, five weeks ago, I'm approximating, I would have exactly like you just outlined it is exactly what I would have done. But in our reporting, and I, I've not backed off. I said he would not return to the Eagles on any, any circumstance. I mean, I've been quoted. This is out there, so I'm not trying to embellish anything. I said it. I stood by it. He's going to the Colts. I knew why. It had less to do with that once want to go there, yes, but Frank Reich drove the train, although it's not his call. It's GM Chris Ballard's, but Reich was the one who initiated it all, and Ballard knew how talented Wentz was. But in the end, things were so bad, Derek, I could tell you, I just knew from my sourcing, zero chance he returns. He wanted out, I don't know how else to say it, in the worst way. He just he mm. had, had enough of the organization. It wasn't any specific person. It wasn't just Doug Peterson Motion and I warn people on our podcast, just because there's a story out there that the Eagles want Doug Peterson back, what we had said with, with an asterisk, depending mm-hmm. on how that meeting went, actually two meetings as it turned out to be, with yep. the owner, and they didn't go well when Doug insisted on keeping certain coaches, and there he went. He was fired because of it. Okay, so the, the, the head coach was gone. So what was his beef with Howie, if you could share that with us? Um, I just they, they okay. You talked about wanting to be traded. Roseman and the Eagles, they didn't want to, they really did not want to trade once. They, they right. but as you know, covering this league for decades, you never want to hold a player against his will. Yes, they're mm-hmm. under contract. You could literally tell them to, to pound rocks if you wanted to. But if the guy doesn't want to be here and he's made it clear to you 
It's not like you, I, I, I had a joke, which I'm going to re- repeat again. It's not yeah. like he has to turn in some form that says, it's like a request form. I want to be traded. You don't need that. Right. right. Conversations, I'm told with Wentz, Roseman knew that Carson wanted no parts of this organization. He wanted out. And something that I learned, or a couple things that I learned over the last three to four weeks, told me there's zero chance he returns. He's so fed up with a lot of situations. It's not just Doug Peterson. We know that they had a very bad falling out. It's just that there were a lot of things that went on the last couple of years. It, was, it wasn't just Jalen Hurts being drafted. It wasn't just the shrine to, uh, of, of the Philly special play. It was, just, it was just players taking shots at him. Being asked about his work ethic by an mm-hmm. NFL.com report from my friend Michael Silver. Got no problem with Michael. He did his job. Mm-hmm. But someone leaking it. When you're constantly challenged by, you think, think things, by, by things that are not fair about your career and your life, particularly your career, you're, at some point, you just throw your hands up and you say, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm not taking Carson's side. You asked me a question. I'm telling you what right. I am. Right. That's where I'm at with it. All right. Then with that said, here's where I sit with this. With all the rumors that started to swirl about Carson and his dissension with his organization, uh, some of the rumors we heard was he wasn't happy about them drafting Jalen Hurts. Uh, he was uncoachable. Wasn't a great locker room guy. Deliberately changing plays at the line of scrimmage, defying authoritative figures within your organization. If all of this is true, and we don't know for sure, you you would know more about this than I would. And I've heard a few stories, but I know you know a lot more about it than I do. But if this is true, if you piece all of this together, Carson is now under the microscope being watched closely by a lot of people around the league, not just the Colts, but by a lot of people around the league if it doesn't pan out in Indy. I got news for you based on what you just said. That's, I think, part of the reason why you know, it's interesting when you talk about why didn't the Eagles get enough interest? Some of the things you just outlined were a reason yeah. why Carson wanted to run his offense freelance too much as, as a source with a team that badly needs a quarterback told me they backed off their interest with Wentz a month ago. They, they looked into it because they knew he wanted out and they felt like this might be a situation they couldn't manage as well as they would like. Uh, now, Carson being moved, he's back with Frank Reich. They have a close relationship. As I deemed it last week when I went all in on the Colts, I said, mm-hmm. I think Carson's looking for a soft landing. He's sure going to get one with Frank Reich. I, I just feel like there's, and you framed it very well. There, there, there are a lot of issues. I'm not blaming either side. We're, we're, Derek and I are just pointing out what we know. Yep. And both sides had issues with each other, particularly once with the organization. Uh, coaches and players taking shots at them. Uh, just, issue, just issues and Look, sometimes as they, as you as we know, sometimes these issues travel with you though that that, yep. that people have with you, whether they're fair or not. I think I think a lot of it is overblown and unfair about Carson, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is this guy had a major aggression. He got benched mm-hmm. less than two years after getting a mega contract with thirty two million a year. So that's where it is. As I said a moment ago, the head coach is gone. Now the franchise quarterback is gone. Have all of the problems been eliminated? Is there still, as I put out on social media? Is there still this dark cloud that is hovering over the organization right now? Well, the way Derek teams, one of the things I do is I like to ask when I call their teams, what do you think of this team? What do you think of that team? The thing you continue to hear is Philly's in a rebuild. I don't totally agree it's a total rebuild, but it's in a, clearly in a rebuild. Yeah. Roseman must rebuild this team through the draft and not through free agency. And it may be actually mm-hmm. a blessing if they have this cap issue because he needs to master this draft. Okay. 
they're going to have compensatory picks. They're, they're going to have plenty of draft picks. As a matter of fact, they ought to be trading veterans to get more picks. Yep. And trust his people like Andy Weidel and that great personnel staff he's put together and go by the board and nail this draft because it doesn't need to be a four-year rebuild or three-year rebuild. It could be a two-year rebuild if you mess mm-hmm. in the draft. Mm-hmm. So you talk about are the, where are the issues? Well, the draft is an issue. I, I, I'm aware, folks, you're out there in social yep. media. I get it. Yep. You've killed Howie for the drafts. I'm totally aware of it. Well, he, he knows he's got to do a better job. That, that's an area where he's got to do better. So that's one feature. That's one area. Um, the, the, the age of this football team, they are so, they, they've hung on to older players. And Howie's mm-hmm. talked about this. He knows they need to get younger. The owner's talked about it. Well, sometimes you got to do things you don't really want to do, but you got to do it for the best for the organization. Mm-hmm. You may have to move on from some older players you, you'd rather not. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with drafting great and seeing these guys grow up and not worrying about whether you have veterans or not. At some point, you got to get younger. That, to me, is a major challenge for them this offseason. Wait, wait a minute. You said drafting great. You, you do realize, uh, historically, over the last five years, who we're talking about I here. Know. Check it. I, listen, <laughs> I know. Listen, I know that I've called the 17 draft the sins of the 17 draft. Okay? 16 was historically great. 17 yeah. was historically bad. 18 the picks were good. All five picks were good. 19, bad. 20's mixed. So people want Howie to be consistently good in the draft. And he's got it. That's his responsibility. He's got to answer to it. Nobody else. Mm. If I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm thinking, what the heck have I gotten myself into here? Fair. Because right now, I hate to use the word, but right now, on the surface, this is a mess, Adam. A complete mess. Well, you don't know who the quarterback of the future is. The quarterback for now is right. going to be Jalen Hurts. Okay, right. we, we, I feel pretty confident he'll be the starter of the season. But remember, folks, Derek just mentioned it. They have a new coaching staff. There's no allegiance to his players. As a matter of fact, I'm told that there's been no order that Jalen Hurts is a starter. Like, there's been nothing mm. like that. And the Eagles are going to bring competition. I know it's out there already. Yep. But my, my information is a little different. It's similar, but it's different. I'm told that. No coaches have been told that they have to play Jalen Hurts. If somebody comes in and beats him out, then that's it. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. I don't see it happening, but I'm not rolling it out. So it's not good, though. They have not had an issue at quarterback in a long time in terms of knowing who the starter is for the future. Yep. And I know that Jeffrey Lurie was all about in that 16 draft getting their franchise quarterback. Nothing was going to stop him. And I, I thought, like most people, they got the right guy in Carson Wentz. I never saw this coming. Mm. Now, you mentioned a moment ago about trading veteran players. Would you consider trading the likes of a Fletcher Cox, a Brandon Graham? Well, the problem with Cox is is the acceleration of his bonus money. It's just mm-hmm. going to make it even worse with the dead money. I, I don't see that. Brandon Graham, to me, and I, I, I'll i say this. I put this with an asterisk with him. He's one guy I would keep. Eagles Hall of Famer, one of the best DNs in team history. You know, you know him better than everyone, how class yeah. of a human being is. Yeah. I'd like to see him here for the transition of, of getting to be younger. I'd like to keep a couple older players. If you and I were running the team, I'd say, Hey, what do you think of us keeping D the, the, uh, what do you think of us keeping Brandon, a couple other older guys and Jettison, everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. If you mm-hmm. and I were running it. Yeah. Uh, when you look at a Brandon Graham um, and, and you're trying to create a new culture, that's the epitome of what I want in my locker room for exactly. younger players to look up to. Exactly. And, and if you're going to gut this team, obviously you have to keep some leadership. You're going to keep a Brandon Brooks. You're going to keep a Lane Johnson. And, and those are good locker room guys. Those are the kind of guys you want as you bring this whole new wave of players to look up to and emulate in a lot of ways. 100%. Very well framed. 
Like I said, I'd probably keep a small handful of older players. Brandon Brooks, they can't cut him. They, they owe him ten million, right? Whether he's on the roster or not. But Lane's contract can't really get out of it right now. And you want to bet? By the way, I'm told his rehab's gone real well mm-hmm. uh, on the ankle. So these guys will be back. And and the thing is, this is where you got to think ahead. Draft younger players to back these guys up. They did with Andre Dillard, and we'll see with mm-hmm. if he could beat up my lot, assuming that Dillard's not traded. And draft for those those eventual situations where you're going to have to trade or cut those guys. So do it now. Don't wait. And that's what they should be doing this offseason. It shouldn't have, for agency, I would I would mostly ignore it if, if, if I were Roseman and Andy Weidel, his right-hand man. I'm all draft this year, all draft. You know, we've, we've grown accustomed to seeing Howie pick up one or two marquee names in free agency. Are they capable of doing that? They're like 50 plus million over the cap. Is, yeah, no matter how many vets, yeah. how many vets they delete, can they do that? Yeah. Um, but it shouldn't even be, it's a fair question. Yeah. Look, you can do anything. You can manipulate the cap by keep th- kicking the can down the road, which they and the saints and the Steelers do repeatedly. And the problem is though, when guys, ha- when guys retire early, well, you got to cut them. Or in this case with Carson Wentz, you got to trade him. You're going to get zapped with so much dead money. You know, it's, if people are talking about Russell Wilson being traded, he's not going anywhere. The, 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 right. The Seahawks are going to take a $39 million dead money cap hit. That's not happening. So yeah. people need to look at the cap before they uh, – Not cash is always more important to cap than for ownership. But for trying to manage your roster, you got to look hard at the cap w- with dead money. So, uh, look, in the end, when you look at the Eagles situation, it's about youth getting younger. Mm-hmm mastering the draft that is going to be my mantra on inside the birds with jeff mosher and i mm-hmm. master the draft get it right rebuild build this up do you know how much the fans are on roseman for, you know this because you brought it up yeah yeah if roseman if he could just nail a draft yeah there'll be a shrine to howie right now they want to burn it down i get it yep. i've seen yes. it i've seen the venom in, in social media you know I, I i've said this time and time again on my podcast and other media platforms if this Philadelphia fan base was, which is not only a passionate fan base, but a very intelligent football fan base, if they can see in 2021 that this youth movement that you're going to be on is showing steady progress, not in terms of W's and L's, but in terms of players progressing to be legitimate frontline players in 2022, I think they will give this organization some grace. No matter how much they feel, how they feel about Howie Roseman right now and Jeffrey Lurie. I think this this fan base will give this organization some grace in 2021. I agree, and I'll take it one step further. So everyone watching us, if you're watching us on on uh, with, with video, whether it's on yeah. YouTube or wherever, or you're listening, mm-hmm. you, you you have access to information you never had. Why do they? Why are the fans so on Roseman for the draft? Because there's so much information readily available for fans to be to be better fans of the yep. National Football League, particularly their favorite team, the Eagles. It's not only listen to you and I. They're watching videos on YouTube. They have access to information. They, they could actually sign up for a package on NFL.com, watch coaching tapes. So they're a much more educated fan. You and I are close to the same age. When you or I were growing up, mm-hmm. all we had is three channels for information. Right. There's no internet. That's right. Okay? That's right. So, so we were stuck. We didn't know anything about the National Football League until we, we became really reporters, right? Not much. Right, right. So now fans are their own, fans are their own analysts. They know more about – Football than we, you and I did at their age. So mm-hmm. you can't pull the wool over their eyes. They know that some of these drafts were bad, and they know that 16 was great. They want greatness, and it hasn't been great. And, and the, the general manager is the one where you point, you point the finger at. 
He's the one who makes the decisions. I don't want to hear any excuses. He turns the card in on draft day. We know that. So you, so you're 35 years old like I am, right? <laughs> I <wish. laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Um, this decade was that? Nin- oh, my goodness. I'm not telling. You tell, but I'm not telling. Yeah, right, right. Hey, all right, so you were talking about the draft. You've brought that up several times. Please don't tell me this organization would consider taking another quarterback with that number six overall pick. I don't think they would. We're, we're too far out to know that they won't. Every year I make a prediction. Mm-hmm in terms of what they're going to do in terms of position. I mean, 2017, Moshe and I are on the Fanatic, and he goes, okay, who's it going to be? And I said, if Christian McCaffrey's there, break the mold out. It'll be the first running back since 1987. They took Keith – or 86 or 87 when yeah. we drafted Keith, Byer, Keith Byers, but he's more of a hybrid fullback and running mm-hmm. back. And so they're going to do it, I'm, I'm telling you. I have a pretty good source on this. They're going to do it. And, you know, he went obviously to the Panthers well before them, and then mm-hmm. – uh, that draft was uh, what Derek Barnett, who's been yeah. okay. He, he, he's yeah. been a little bit yeah. better on average, but he needs to be better. And they have a decision to make on his contract. They owe him ten million, so we'll, we'll see what they do with him. But they, they've got a. They, they, to me, it's six. My early again, we're in February, so don't hold me to this. But you're asking me. Yep. You're, you're putting me. You know, you're, you're asking me on the spot. I'm putting you on the right, spot. On the spot. I would say, pass rusher DN. Okay, because yep. you mentioned Brandon Graham. If there's a star DN there, I don't see a true linebacker. People are talking about the kid from uh, from, from Penn State. He's not a true linebacker. He's not mm-hmm. the linebacker like Luke Keekley. He's not what you're look. It's not what you're thinking, folks. At linebacker, right. it's a little bit different. Um, so that's not going to happen. I would say wide receiver, mm-hmm. DN. Those would be mm-hmm. the two because Chase, Jamar Chase. I'm not doing a lot of draft stuff now. We're J- Jeff and I are doing free agency now on our show inside sure. words, but. Um, I would say Chase makes sense at six if everything checks out on him. And in terms of, you know, he didn't play a lot of football this past year, obviously because of the pandemic. So you need to figure out where he is in his progression. Uh, corner, typically teams tell me that you don't, the, the history of corners of the top 10 isn't great. But if there's a great corner there, they think, boy, do they need an outside corner? Vontae Maddox is not an outside corner. That was a mistake. He should have played slot corner, which he really is. And by the way, Darius Slay is in his 30s now. So yeah, got to get younger there. Would Sertan be a choice for you at number six? You know, I Patrick Sertan Jr. is going to be really interesting. He's certainly an upper half of the first-round pick, mm-hmm. a, a potentially top ten. I need to figure out where he should go. Okay. But the thing about him is if you're drafting him, he's starting day one. You don't have to worry about one side of the the, the, the field with him. And then if you if they took him, you got Slay, him, he and Slay for the season. And mm-hmm. by the way, they're changing, their scheme is different. They're, the only thing that's going to be the same is the running of 4-3, but philosophy is different. I don't believe they're going to play the wide nine anymore or very little or none of it. I don't, I don't think so. No. Yeah. So the way I understand it by some coaching sources is, is this thing's going to change and folks, you're going to be happy with the offense defensively. You're going to see more disguise and it's going to change. I'm still gathering information on this, but uh, from what I heard, things are going to change completely on both sides of the football. All right. Now Carson goes to Indy. Does that automatically make the Colts a Super Bowl contender? All right, let me throw it back to you. Which Carson Wentz we get? Exactly. That that's why I threw it out there. I don't think we're ever going to see the Carson Wentz of 2017 again, but I do think we could see a Carson Wentz of 2018, 2019, where he took a bunch of ragamuffins and I hate to use that term, but ragamuffins and willed them to win a division when everybody had given up on him. Okay, I thought he played some of his best football with lesser talent in 2018, 2019, but see now. 
you are surrounded. You have a, a top 10 defense at your disposal. You have a great running game. You have one of the better offensive lines in the game, and you have some good young wide receiving talent. If this thing doesn't pan out, this falls on Carson Wentz now. Yeah, my immediate response was when I when I felt strongly about a week or so ago he was going to go to the Colts. Yeah. I'm like, listen, if he can't do well for, for Frank Reich, yep. I mean, I, I don't see him doing well for anyone. I just I, I don't know how much longer he would be able to, to play. Yep. We, got, we know how gifted he is, and he, he's 20, he turns 29 in December. Not that that's old. But fact of the matter is, talent only gets you so far. That's the thing we've learned with Carson Wentz. Everything else is mm-hmm. everything else is under the microscope, and he has not lost his talent. He lost his way in Philly. Unfortunately, now he's in Indy to show it. Mm. Okay, so I think Carson's silence was golden throughout this entire ordeal. All of a sudden, it's announced he's going to Indy. You see him FaceTiming his new teammates, <laughs> and you know he's he's happy. So obviously, there's a lot more to his disdain for this organization, whether it's the coach, whether it's the front office, than, than we know right now. You know, everything's going to come out eventually. Nothing is a secret in the world we live in now. It, we may not know all the details now, but you know eventually it's going to come out. And if he ever comes out and starts throwing darts at Howie more so than Doug because Doug is no longer here. He, he won't publicly. Yeah. That's not the right. way. He, you, you know, you've covered this team closely. Like yeah, nobody. yeah. You know that. Um, he's not going to do that. Um, his issues... His issues with Peterson. Peterson was well aware. <laughs> Motion and I, uh, we know this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's that was an ugly situation. He and he and Doug. Um, you know, it's out there, and I we actually reported a month ago that they they barely they barely I know this they barely spoke the final two months where they spoke once zero five times I couldn't tell you I just know they didn't right. really have a relationship anymore. Uh, that one soured obviously for various reasons. Carson's issues with the organization. Listen, folks. When a guy got a contract extension less than two years ago, and now once out, <laughs> you know it's bad. I mean, it's just I, I never saw this coming, man. I, I I underestimated his his issues with the organization, and it's too bad. But I wish him well. He's a good person. He's unbelievably talented, but he's got to get his mind right. He's got to get his mm-hmm. feet right, his mechanics right, and and tell you what, Frank Reich's got a major job on his hands. Do you think, in some ways, maybe he's too sensitive? Um, I mean, think about it. He he's the golden boy in high school, the golden boy in college. Uh, basically could do what he wanted to do. He's the number two draft pick in the National Football League. He's he's a god in Philadelphia when he gets here. MVP candidate until he got hurt in 2017. Yep. Do you think he needs to get a little bit tougher on the exterior? Uh, to a degree, but we were outlining at the start of our, our talk here the yeah. litany of issues he had with the organization. Right. I you know I try to use empathy when I do reporting in terms of stuff that's really tough to report. The stuff with background stuff when you know it's very negative. I try right. to be honest and, and try to be a little bit humanistic about it. So based on the sourcing that Mosher and I have on this, on the Wentz stuff and his disdain for certain things that happened with, mm-hmm. with the Eagles, I could certainly understand why he felt that way. Again, I don't take sides. I try to be, I try to understand both sides and I know about both sides, but fact of matter is when you look at Wentz's situation, it's a very fair way to, to ask me and frame it. Yeah. He's not in Philly anymore. You understand the fishbowl, uh, the term that you are in in Philly, it's a, really a top four media market now. Yeah, you go to any, which is very quiet. You've been to the combine. You know, you know how oh, yeah. downtown Indy is. It's um great, good media, good people there. I know a lot of the reporters there and uh, the radio people, but it's nothing like Philly, as you know. You've been in our market for several decades. Nothing like it. And he's, but although you you would you know better than I, I thought he had a pretty good relationship with the media. Did he not? Local. I agree. I agree. 
There's no question about it. Um, he he didn't he didn't tell you a whole lot, right. but he answered your right. questions. Yes. You know, he always had a smile on his face, even when even during tough times on the surface. But but then again, Carson Wentz has never been attacked. I, 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 I'm trying to find a softer word, but that's the first word that comes to mind. Attacked the way he has been attacked in 2020. What's your problem? Why can't you hit the open receiver? Uh, is it the plays? Um, why are you hesitant? Why are you holding the football? He's never had to go through that before. And I wonder if somehow, some way, that also started to affect him. Yeah, I would close that that discussion with this, and I thought yeah. you nailed it. You know, if you look at his career at, at North Dakota State for the two years sure. that he was, the word that I got was, you know, the, the kid Brock Jensen left. Right. And then he became a starter. He had instant success. He had some injuries, but I think Carson might have had a wrist injury, something else, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he was terrific. His senior year was off the hook great. And you can talk all you want about one double A, but the tape doesn't lie. That's why he was that's why he was taken so early because second pick overall, because he was phenomenal. Sure. So the Eagles evaluated correctly. But I think what they missed is the challenges he had with thinking he had arrived and he how he thought he was the man. Now it's not it's mm-hmm. not what he said. It's the way that he people closest Carried to himself. told me the yeah. way that he projected himself. Yep. And to your point. Sometimes you don't know about people until they're challenged like this. And mm-hmm. I thought you actually you framed it really, really well. That's mm-hmm. what the Eagles just learned here. The next time you – once you have your franchise quarterback, which whether it's Hurts or somebody else, understand who he is. Make sure you have the right people in the building, coaching staff and players. Yep. Because if you don't have it and you just outline it, when you got guys taking shots at him behind his back, th- this anonymous quote, this anonymous source – Mm-hmm. questioning his work ethic. Can he connect to, to these players? Uh, is he elite? Well, all this stuff, all this negative stuff, It's you pile it all on, and I could certainly see why he felt the way he felt and wanted out. All right, so let's sit in Jeffrey Lurie's chair for just a moment. Yep. We've watched this past season, how it unfolded, how it ended. Uh, we're now looking ahead. We know our cap restraint situation. We have a new, head, new coaching staff. Uh, we have to get younger to get better. Should he have already had the talk with Howie Roseman? Howie, you are definitively on the clock in 2021. You better turn this thing around. And again, I go back to what I said earlier. I, I, I don't care about W's and L's in 2021, mm. but I want to see progress. I better see some definitive progress in 2021, or you could be walking the plank. It, it's so funny you mentioned it that way, because what, yeah. what I'd said to Jeff on our show, Inside the Birds, um, yeah. Like early to mid-January, after Peterson was fired, I was like, I said, if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, mm-hmm. I sit Roseman down. I said, listen, do not worry about our record. I want youth. I want you to get this draft right, and I don't. Re- I want to rebuild this thing. Because if you keep trying to chase the tail, which is you're just trying to keep your head above yep. board, be 8-8, eight, 9-7, eight, that don't work. That's, Sam Hinkie had it right, okay? Yeah. I, I understand people have a real issue with the process and all that. But it's not about be, being mediocre. It's about being great, okay? Yes. They had the right decision about getting Wentz, okay? You traded up. You got the right guy in terms of talent. There's, this talent's un, un, unmistakable. Unfortunately, it didn't end well for reasons mm-hmm. you and I just talked about. Sure. But it starts at quarterback. they got to figure out who that is, whether it's Hurts or somebody else. But it also is a support system. It, it's getting younger in the offensive line. The talent's there in the offensive line. They're, they're too old. they got to get way younger. Yep. Um, getting more consistency out of certain positions, but getting younger and getting the right guys in the building. And listen, it's, it's, 
the owner's job is to evaluate his people. We know about how close Roseman and Lori are. They're like father and son. But Jeffrey's got to remove himself from that. It's about the evaluation of the person and the, the and, and the executive. And why are they in the spot that they are? It's not just that they got old, period. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you've heard it, the spoken word. The truly spoken word from the man, the legend, Adam Kaplan himself. Adam Kaplan, of course, one of the creators and hosts of Inside the Birds Network. I advise everybody out there to listen to it and watch it. I've, it's been my pleasure to be a part of it. Hope to be a part of it in the future. It is an awesome format as well. You can also hear Adam on Sirius Radio as well. And anytime you can, check out Adam Kaplan on Twitter. I'm always following Adam because for as long as I've been in this business, I'm always learning more from people like Adam Kaplan. So, Adam, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me today, brother. You know I'm going to call you down the road, so please do, keep, man. The, phone, keep the phone handy. I, I appreciate the invite and look forward to speaking to you again. All right, brother. That's going to wrap up this latest edition of uh, Gun on One, the podcast, brought to you by uh, Adam, uh, Patterson Square Garden. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Derek Gunn. So long, everybody. Stay blessed out there. And more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter on the daily basis. So long. Gun on One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazi. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.